Okay, so this is the first time, I guess, that we're ever going to have one. I mean, we've had distance podcasts before, but we've never had one where you're in a different part of the country. <laughs> or any of us have been in a different part of the country. So yeah. welcome to our uh, our exclusive first time of not being all in the same general area podcast. Yeah. That's right. Featuring Gabby of Edmonton now. The GTA um, podcast. That's it, man. Now I'm like remote, remote, right? Yeah. So remote, remote podcast. You're the I'm GTE. Like, I'm pretty far away from you guys. Yeah. I landed in Edmonton maybe just over a couple hours, hour ago or so. And how is it? Is it everything you ever dreamed of? I don't really know what to think, man. I'm like in the middle of nowhere, I think, in terms of like there's nowhere really. I'm not like in a, I'm not like in a downtown core. I don't even know if Edmonton really has that kind of vibe, to be honest. Are you in Edmonton? Are you sure you're in Edmonton? I'm in Edmonton. I, I mean, I think so, unless it's like some sort of like Mississauga is the airport for Toronto, Pearson-wise. You know what I mean? It just but flew you down the street like you're I, across I the street landed, from me right now? I, I had a four-hour layover in Calgary, so I was there, and then – I hopped on a plane and then landed in Edmonton. So, and then I took an Uber to the hotel. So I haven't really done any exploring yet. I came into my hotel, took off my clothes, and now I'm just chilling. So nice. So you're naked right now is what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, I might be or might not be. I leave that up to the listener's imagination. Oh, God. poor imagination <laughs> of the listeners out there. <laughs> I am not completely naked, no. But I'm wearing less clothing than I was when I was on the plane. <laughs> just, just no face mask. <laughs> oh my god! That's the yeah. only thing you have on. Actually, is just a face mask. Debbie goes out now. He's just wearing a hat, a mask, and really, really short shorts. It's just his underwear, and Birkenstocks, and just underwear. Yeah, yeah. He Did you looks bring... like Walter White from the first episode of Breaking Bad. Oh God! Did you bring your Birkenstocks with you? Oh, I don't have Birkenstocks. You never got them. You never got they them were, on sale. They were sold out of my size when I, I when I tried to jump on that sale from Costco. It was not even a sale. I think that's just a regular price at Costco, to be honest with you. No, I think it was on sale, man. I think no. it was on sale, bud. Yeah, I've picked, Kara, Kara said it, it was a sale. It wasn't my, a sale. My wife doesn't lie, all right, bro? My wife. <laughs> Dude, I, I will tell you because my mother has purchased Birkenstocks from Costco multiple times. You're trying to say my wife, my, my wife is a liar? No, I'm trying to say your your wife no, might be ill informed. No, dude, it was a sale, dude. Trust no. me. No, man, trust even me. Even Ortega saying it's a sale, man. Ortega doesn't know anything, bro. He doesn't even have a Costco membership. I, I bought them and I own them, so clearly I know something. They were a sale, man. They were they not were on a sale. sale. They were, they were okay, not. So then find them, okay, so then find them and send them to Gabby right now, then, if they're not a sale. Okay, they're still listed on the Costco website, same price. So how's that a sale? It's not. Well, What's Are the they available? Like, fucking morons, man. Wow. Working with a bunch of morons here. It's a little aggressive. Yeah. Why I take it back. You're, you like you're not morons. I take it back. I'm sorry. You're just incorrect. Can you please send the link to us privately after? Because I, I can't find broken stocks on the Costco website, to be Neither true. Can I. To I be honest. Yeah, I can find them. No problem. I just searched it. But no results were found. Yeah. This is gonna really backfire. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to record an amendment later on, like <laughs> no. I did when I was wrong. I refuse. 
yeah. I'll send you some great alternatives, Gabby. Like there's a pair of uh, Fila uh, Tacombi slides on oh, sale for 24 bucks. I've been waiting for those. Sorry, not on sale, just available because that's apparently what Costco does. Yeah, that, that is what Costco <laughs> does, man. Costco doesn't have sales. They sell things, yes, but it's not a sale. They do have sales. They have flyers in the beginning in front of the Those are coupons, yeah, out. but that wasn't a coupon for Birkenstock sandals. They were just carrying them. I'm just saying, man, you're you're going to eat your own words soon, but it's going to really suck when we don't get that link. Uh What do you guys want to what do you guys want to talk about? I have a lot I want to talk about, but I have to be very very careful. Well, let's do our ISO. I think we're on episode 9 of our ISO update, right? Episode 9, yeah. Revenge uh Rise of the Skywalker, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Rise of Skywalker. I'm sorry. What, what have you been up to, Ortega? I know you've had a pretty busy week. No, not too much, you know. Just same old, same old. Yeah, a certain game finally came out. Yeah, uh, I finally got to play Ratchet and Clank from 2016. Um, loving it. Yeah. It's actually on my TV right now. That's going to be the next game that I play. Yeah, Last of Us came out. Um, yeah. And uh, I haven't slept a lot this week. And I didn't really sleep a lot on Friday night. I was up until about 6 a.m., which is the latest that I've slept in. I mean, right. slept. I mean, stayed up for a long time. Nice. And then uh, have basically done that every night since so that I could finish. And I just finished it about 20 minutes ago, maybe 30 minutes ago now. Um, I have a lot to say. But uh, again, I will I will refrain for now. We can and then we can maybe later. Yeah, we'll dive into it deeper. We'll uh, I'll, we'll definitely have us. We're gonna plan on probably doing a spoiler cast for Survive and Endure um, at some point, just so once the three of us have all beaten it, and then uh, we'll we'll talk at length about our feelings on the game. Um, so look out for that. But today has we'll she, talk. Has Shay not beaten it yet? She hasn't gotten through it yet. No, Daniel's the first. Babs beat it. Uh, I think I'm the second person to beat it, and then we're just waiting on Shay, who who should beat it tonight. Actually, he's I'm pretty so close to where I'm at. Surprised that he hasn't beat it. That we had to work this weekend. I don't think Babs is working, but the rest of us worked, which held us back a little bit. Oh, yeah, because you're doing – yeah, okay. That makes yeah. sense. Anyways, yeah, so Last of Us basically from Friday until now was was uh, was the thing that I was doing the most. I watched a couple of uh, stand-up specials. Tiana Taylor's album came out, which I was really looking forward to, which I really enjoyed on Friday. Um catching up on the scrubs we watch podcast now that I, I have a little bit more time during work to catch up on that so that's been awesome and then i learned today that shade has also been catching up on scrubs not the rewatch podcast but the, the actual show itself so we'll talk about that a little bit later and then yeah man just taking it easy just enjoying the weather barbecued had my uh, had my mom over so that we had some burb some food had some burb yeah it was great and then uh I'm going to start on something new this week. It's probably going to be Ratchet and Clank. I'm really excited. I really got amped up watching that Rift Apart trailer, so I, I want to play the 2016 um, remake that I never got a chance to play when it came out. So Nice, man. That's it. Yeah. How All about right. you, Gabby? How about you, Gabby of Edmonton? <laughs> Gabby of Edmonton. Um, my past week has been, I guess, similar to you. I think the only thing I can really think of that I've done – is play the last of us i'm not near the end like you are well you beat it but um i'm enjoying it so far and i've already told you offline what i've what like where i'm at and like what i think 
and we'll dive deeper into it for sure. Um, I'm trying to think if I've watched anything. Oh, I guess I can talk about my flights. I watched the 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 Sonic movie, which I thoroughly enjoyed. It like, was good. It was I, not unlikable. I would I, say. I yeah. I the, I mean, I guess there were some points where like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, I guess you know, like, but overall, I really enjoyed it. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, it reminded me a lot of watching a, a Detective Pikachu where I was like, yeah, okay, I got to suspend my disbelief here a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Do you know if they've already locked in uh, a second movie? That I don't know. Okay, I'm going to do that real quick. But I, I really enjoyed that. And then I watched uh, Stuber. You know what Stuber is? Is that not with uh, Andy Samberg? No, um, it's okay, no. with Kumail Nanjani and uh, Batista, where yes, Batista yes. is uh, is a cop, and I guess the premise of the movie is he gets like eye surgery. He goes through this like I guess down like I guess bad part of his career where his he loses his partner, and <laughs> he calls an Uber driver to get somewhere, and it's Kumail Nanjani. Hence his name. His name is Stu in the in the in the movie. Hence the the name Stuber, which is given to him a nickname given to him by his colleague that he where he has his other job at. Um, overall, I'd say it was pretty enjoyable. It's a it's definitely the perfect plane a movie where you watch on the plane where you can get away with a movie like that. Uh, otherwise, I probably would have never have watched that movie. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes any sense, it does one hundred percent. I've done that with a lot of flight movies. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, whatever. I'll put this movie on type thing. It's right? fine, and then you watch it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, well, other than that, I'm in Edmonton for the next week, so that'll be my ISO update for next week's podcast. They are, uh, they are developing a sequel, and it's going to be the same creative team behind the first one. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, because yeah, the, the end credit, the mid- I guess the mid-credit scene was like flat out like yeah this is gonna be a sequel right because yeah. like why would they tease why would they show yeah. tales at the end there spoiler alert i don't care if you haven't yeah. seen it yet but that was super cool seeing him and then like that yeah it was it was really well done and like huge shout out to the team for i guess rebooting the the way he looked because he looked like a moron i'm using shane's word um yeah he looked like an idiot the the first uh, mock up of the of the Sonic, and then people went and ripped him apart on the internet, and then they reanimated him. Which do you think they redid Tails too as a result? I would assume so because Tails looks exactly like consistent with Sonic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 you would imagine so, right? Um, it would have been jarring yeah. if they had not redone it and it just looked the same, and then there was negative feedback on yeah, that. He was creepy laughed. looking, man. Yeah, he looked yeah. weird. He was creepy looking, but yeah, like, like you said, spot on. Like you have to like just accept that this is happening in the movie right now. Like you know, like you know the scene where they're in the the bar and he's like wearing a fucking poncho and a hat and like playing darts and eating food and like no one's like, what the fuck is this guy wearing a mask? Like, are you dumb? <laughs> <laughs> the shit that they get away with in the movie is really funny, but. Overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I grew up a big Sonic fan, so if you haven't watched it, I recommend watching it. It's a it's a good watch. Cool. Yeah. Shane, 
What are, what are you up to in non-Edmonton? Uh, in in the location that I'm currently in, I am Brampton. Yeah, Brampton. Spoiler alert. Uh, I so this week I was up at a cottage for most of the the week. I went to a cabin, which was super nice. It was a paddling cabin, so like a thirty minute canoe ride to this cabin that was like an off the grid cabin, so no electricity or anything. It was super nice. Saw a couple bald eagles, which was uh, very cool, yeah, very special. So I thought dope, that that yeah. was awesome. Yeah, I stopped uh, by to make sure you were doing okay. <laughs> I didn't say I saw monkeys, bro. <laughs> wow! I can change forms. Bad oh ape. Uh, I hate you so much. <laughs> it's more so his style and walk that you represent. Like, Yeah, no, I see it. It's not that I don't see it. It's that I resent you for pointing it out. <laughs> uh so i did that i bought the vest so that i could specifically so you could yeah. uh do that um other than that uh i bought uh a lot of my art came in that i b- had bought recently uh i bought a lot of art to support uh a lot of the charities uh, in the in the states uh in chicago too and, and other places so a lot of that came in uh so i just put that all in my flat file I ordered another print from an artist I really like in uh, out of Chicago. His name is Ryan Duggan. Uh, he did a limited one of one print that I bought, so I'm waiting for that to come in. Uh, and then I've been listening to a ton of music. There's been so much good music during this uh, quarantine. Uh, so I've been listening to a ton of music. I also um, watched Garden State today. Uh, downloaded that. I just got a, a hinkering to watch that. Um, and I do. You, wanna... You've never seen it before, right? No, I have never seen it. So I, I really enjoyed that. It's a good one. It's one of Kara's favorite, favorites. It's a very good movie. Uh, yeah. So I think it's. Uh, I think it's great. I really enjoyed it. I mean, like, th- there's, there's something now where I'm going back and watching like movies. I just have always heard about and thought that I would enjoy and never really got the time to watch. Uh, so that was one of them being John Malkovich was the other one that I watched recently and really enjoyed. Uh, so I think the next one might be uh, the green mile. I might try and watch. I never seen that or Shawshank oh, Redemption. I've never seen you that. Haven't seen Shawshank? Oh, my no. God. you've never seen Shawshank Redemption. eh? No, I, I haven't. I've never wow. seen that. Okay. Dang, cool, man. Dude. Really? Yeah. yeah. So most of my life is is usually comedies. Um, so I, I like dramas and stuff like that because I cry so much. I I tend to avoid them. <laughs> so even Garden State at points, I was like, oh, man, it's a little heavy. But I really liked it. I thought it was really well done. Um, yeah, man. Zach Braff is great. Zach Braff is great. Yeah, yeah. Although Zach Braff in that movie kind of reminded me of Kyle, like just yeah, I, yeah, just kind of that's what he reminded me of. Um, <laughs> outside of that, I uh, I watched the I don't, did I talk about it last week? Other music, the documentary I watched about record stores about a record I think store. So, yeah, yeah, I think you did. Yeah, yeah. So I watched that. Um, I I started this British show called Alex Ryder, which is about a kid who is like a secret agent. It's based on some books 
it was okay. Like it seems decent. And I started this other show called Champagne Ill, which is really funny so far. I'm only on the second episode. Um, but it is a comedy uh, that is basically about these two people who roll in like a rapper's crew. Uh, but then the rapper dies and they have to go back to their hometown, which is Champaign, Illinois, outside of Chicago. And they have to try and make like a name for themselves. Uh, it stars uh, one of the guys from the Detroiters, if you guys have ever heard of that show. No. Yeah. Uh, it's, his name is Sam Richardson, and uh, Adam Polly is the two people that it stars. Uh, it was a YouTube original show. Nice. So, yeah, I've been watching that, and then I watched, like I, like Ortega was saying, I, I watched all of season three of, of Scrubs. So now that you've seen season three, do you watch the Brendan Fraser episode, yes? Yes. Is that not one of the best? episodes of the series if not the best episode of the series so far yeah it was really good it was really yeah. really good it's a really good really refresh good. my memory again what happens I'll, I'll write it in the chat i just don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen the show and are going back and oh fuck that it. the show's been out for 10 years brendan frazier <laughs> yeah, is diagnosed dude. with cancer in the first episode and then and in, in the episode in season one i believe or season two oh, see, yeah. i think it's season one I think it's season one, yeah. And then he comes back, and he—I think he gets a—he gets a diagnosis that basically it—it uh, it has progressed or it came back. Uh, his leukemia had had come back after he traveled the world and got a whole bunch of photos and whatnot. And then um, the episode pretty much deals with him being in the hospital. But then at the end, you find out that the whole episode has basically been um, a ghost of him a ghost of him that hasn't he's interacted ish, but he has never actually directly interacted with anybody, but Dr. Cox. And then there's, they're building up to this point where Dr. Cox is going to his son's first birthday, but it turns out that it's actually Ben uh, Ben's funeral. Um, and it's just really, really emotional scene where like, he's very clearly breaking down and Zach has, or Zach Braff's character, JD has to kind of reel him back in and ask him where he thinks he is. And then it's this really, really crushing scene. Um, about about Ben's you know death and obviously uh, Jordan uh, Dr. Cox's wife that's his that's her her brother so there's a lot of emotions it's a very just well directed episode I think one of the yeah. things that really stood out is just like if you go back and watch it Shane is um, if you look at all the characters that he supposedly interacts with over the course of the episode he actually doesn't interact with any of them I forget if the episode explicitly shows you that at the end or whether it's something that I it, that you have to go doesn't, back and watch no it doesn't. So if you go back, there's a scene I know where like Dr. Cox um, sees Ben uh, like kind of like playing almost like a puppet or like a violin or something behind Elliot. And Elliot really turns around like feverishly, looks up and then turns back to Dr. Cox as if she doesn't know what he's looking at. And it's because obviously he's a ghost, so he's not actually there. Yeah. So little mm -hmm. moments like that throughout the episode that are really, really well done, but a heartbreaking episode. It's just it's just so well done, though. Yeah, it was that episode in specific. Apparently, was nominated for an Emmy uh, for outstanding writing in a comedy series. Yeah, and it it deserves it. I think it's uh, it's I think almost like it's one of the few episodes that really balances like it it has huge huge dramatic payoff, and then it also is funny throughout the episode. Like it doesn't just like sit in in how sad the episode is. It's really just that last moment where it kind of 
pulls the rug out from under you and then all of a sudden it's just a really, really depressing moment. But up until that point, it's still an episode of Scrubs. It's still funny. It still has its quirks, you know? Yeah, it was that man. The, and the, the, the cast, like the, the special guests and cameos that they get on the show are unlike Pop-Mart. anything else. The unlike, Pop-Mart. dude, how do you get the Sugar Hill gang on there? Like, yeah, <laughs> like, it's so good. The soup <laughs> Nazis in the season, like, yeah, uh, friggin' what's her face? Tara Reed's in the show, yeah, like, it's. Scrubs it's was a big deal when it was on, though, man. That's so good. Like, it's so good. Yeah, and they yeah. talk about Friends. They talk about the Friends show, and they make, like, a reference to it. Um, in Ross the show. and Rachel. Yeah, Ross yeah. and Rachel. They're like, who's that? Because Dr. Ross and Nurse Rachel. Yeah, no, Dr. Ross and Nurse Rachel, <laughs> yes. Yeah, the writing is really good. It's yeah. so freaking good. And uh, this is the, like, where Carla and... Uh, and Turk get married. Yeah. Oh, nice. And uh, George Takai's in it. Like, it's it's just top quality. Like, it's top notch. It's it is really really good. Like, it's it's really good. Like, I looked up Bill Lawrence, the creator of it. He also did. Um, he also wrote for Boy Meets World. He did uh, Clone High. And yeah. Did you know he did Clone High? I just I, I, I forgot that he had done that he had. Uh... He Clone has such a so good. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Clone High is great. Yeah. And that's that's with Phil Lord and Chris Miller who did Clone High as well. Um, and Donald Faison and Zach Braffer in Cold Clone High as well. Yeah, it's so friggin' good. And that's where they got uh, the nickname for for uh, Gandhi for what Doctor Cox calls uh, Donald Faison is because Gandhi's in Clone High. They talked about it on the podcast last week, and they were talking about Clone High a little bit, so it just kind of brought back some memories of that show. That's so sick. Uh, yeah, so good. He also right. did Spin City. I, I watched Spin City. I have some. I have that on my server. I did a while of watching that. He has a. I just. I just googled his name too. Um, he has a show coming out on Apple TV Plus coming out this summer. Bill Summerda or uh, Bill uh, Bill Lawrence? Yeah. yeah. Him and Jason Sudeikis are working on a sports comedy called Ted Lasso. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. I'm all over that. It's. Uh, he hasn't done anything in a while. No, it's it's coming August fourteenth, twenty twenty. He's a, he's an executive producer on it, but yeah, yeah. yeah. The premise is a college football coach is recruited to coach an English soccer team with no experience. <laughs> His first few shows, like their run, was really he did Spin City, which was Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Yes. Michael yeah. J. Fox, yeah. Yeah. Clone High, Scrubs, Cougar Town. And oh yeah, then, and this 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 season Scrubs. does have uh, Michael J. Fox as well. This is the Michael J. Fox. Such a good episode. Yeah, such a good episode. Yeah, such a good episode. The roof toilet. What a dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, the friggin' the the more that I watch this show, the more that I think Ted is like the best character on the show. Ted is great. He's, he's so, so good. good, man. He's unbelievable. Like he's so funny and witty and like just yeah, perfect. Yeah. Oh, so good. Savage. Rest in peace, man. Sam Lloyd. Yeah. 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 Ted is cool. Yeah, Ted is so good. He's great. He's yeah. So good. Hundred percent. In the wedding, when he he makes out with Tara Reed, and then the nervous <laughs> guy goes up to him and he's like, "Hey, that's my date." So he like pushes Ted, and then Ted pushes him back, and the guy immediately backs down. Yeah, I was dying, man. He's so good. Yeah, 
he gets a lot of good arcs later on in the show too. Like he gets a he gets a love story later on. Him and the janitor have like a an arc ongoing um, for a couple of seasons. But yeah, he's really good in the show. <sighs> if I'm not mistaken, this is the season where. Okay, so this is um, this is one of my like I don't know if I'd never realized it when I was younger, but one of the gripes that I have with the show is is how it's not actually a gripe, but it's just something that bothers me watching it now is how like shitty JD is throughout this show. Like he does a lot of like just terrible things to people or like he says terrible things. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before. But, I think like, he did. Yeah. He just, this is one of those seasons where he's, he, you know, he's pining after uh, Elliot all season long. Yeah. Gets her. And then at the end of the season tells her that he doesn't love her within an episode of her breaking up with Sean and, and all that mess of drama that happens in the show. But then, yeah, it's just like, he's just this awful dude. He's such an ass at so many yeah. points throughout the show. His, his um, decision quality isn't the greatest. No, it's terrible. Yeah. Did yeah, you know? He's not great. So the, the, in the show, the girl who's married to Cox or not married has the son with Cox. That's Bill Lawrence's wife. wife. Yeah. Miller, yeah. Yeah. That's wild. They're actually going to be together on the uh, on the season finale of um of uh, Fake Doctors Real Friends, which is the the rewatch podcast. The two yeah. of them are going to be on it together. That's sick. So what uh, what's what episode are they on on that rewatch podcast? They're just at the end of season one now. I think they're just getting to the end of season one. Hmm. They're doing two a week now, but they've had some really good guests. Like they had Neil Flynn. They've had John C. McGinley a couple times. Um, they've had. Uh, Bill Lawrence has been on it and he kind of interjects every so often, like they'll go back to him. Um, who else did they have on there? They had one of the, one of the directors of an episode. So it's actually, it's really worth listening to Shea Serrano from the ringer is going to be on tomorrow's episode, which is awesome. Cause he just released a series of essays, um, as a huge scrubs fan that he is. So it's definitely, I know that you guys have said that you want to listen to it, but I, I definitely recommend listening to it now that it's kind of caught its stride mid season. Yeah. I should, uh, I should, I should listen to it at some point. It'd be good because it's fresh in your memory too, I guess, because you've watched some of the episodes recently too, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Season three ends off on on that note where uh, it's it's uh, Turk and Carla's wedding, and yeah, JD dumps uh, JD dumps Elliot, Elliot, and then. You see Sean grow this massive beard within yeah, a few days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gets some money outside He's his apartment. Market, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you see Doctor Kelso get hammered, and they have to carry the the janitor and JD have to carry him because he gets very very drunk at the wedding. Yeah, fast as I think up. this is the episode where he says, that, "Do you think my name is is uh, Turk Turkleton?" Yeah, Turk Turkleton. Yeah. He's like, "This is Turkleton." It's so good. Uh, yeah, there's so many good moments this season. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, I really did. The other, um, the other question ahead. that I have for you guys, really quick, something that I'm thinking about watching. Have you guys ever seen Mick Gruber? The movie? Yeah, I've never watched it. No, I'm thinking about watching it. I don't know. It's like apparently it's like a cult hit, but I don't know. Anyways, that was all I had. Uh, did you watch it, Gabby, or no? Watch what? Sorry, McGruber. McGruber, no, doesn't sound like I've watched it. What's it about? It's a Lonely Island film, was it not? No, it's it's a SNL thing, like a SNL yeah. skit 
I don't think it's Lonely Island though. It stars Will Forte. Yeah, he directed it. He directed it. Jorma Tacone of the comedy trio Lonely Island directed the film. Oh, okay. So I don't know. I think I might watch it. I think it held up well. I think it got decent ratings. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, it's a movie. That's the Undertaker's in it. Did not get a good uh, good ratings. It did not get good ratings, but like afterwards, people say that it's a good movie. I don't know. I'm so so. I'm so so on Will Forte. I watched. I watched. Um, what's it called? E- Extraordinary. Uh, which, which Will Forte? Yeah, which is like a Irish movie that he came out with um, about like the paranormal. I thought mm. it was all right. It was decent. I, I find he's really hit or miss for me. It's really weird that we uh, we talked about Clone High and then we have all these different uh, characters that were on Clone High that we're talking about now. Will Forte plays a main character on Clone High. Kristen Miller, Bill Lawrence's wife, plays a, a character on Clone High. Donald Faison, uh, Zach Braff. That show is like loaded with talent, man. I don't know why it got canceled. I don't know either. It's only got one season. I think it's only got 13 episodes, but it's yeah. so good. I found it and I bookmarked a whole bunch of... Uh, episodes i found them online because they're almost impossible to find anywhere else the only oh. the full series only uh, aired in canada it never actually fully aired in the states oh weird yeah. i have i have the the season as well do you okay mm-hmm. good to know perfectly legal on your on your server um okay cool well we'll do a scrubs update when you finish season four yeah uh gabby do you want to <sighs> We don't have to talk about it very much, but I'm going to give my thoughts because I've spent a lot of time with it and I just need to get some thoughts out in the open about Last of Us. So I'm going to run through it quickly about how I feel about it without trying to spoil it at all because I know you're very much still kind of starting off with it. So I love I, it. Do you want me to tell you where I'm at real quick? Yes, please tell me where you're at. Yeah, yeah so like if it can help you out when you're explaining things. I'm essentially at the TV station. I stopped right when I got there. So you're on Seattle day one. Yes. Yeah. I okay. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're still relatively early on. Okay. So I love it. I don't think any of the the criticism that it's garnered is warranted. Um, I think it really is a game that you have to play and experience very much like the first one, because reflecting upon like playing this game and reflecting upon Last of Us having just played it over the course of the last month. Um. This game does a lot of what The Last of Us didn't do well, really, really, really well. And I mean that in terms of gameplay and um, and combat and stuff like that. I think that this is astronomically better than the first game. It actually points out a lot of what I what I found really frustrating about the first game. Um, so that, to me, gameplay, crafting, uh, gunplay, animations, facial animations... Um, presentation all that like like top marks 10 out of 10 um the story of the last of us part one is not what drove me to love that game it was the relationship that you got to experience between joel and ellie because the game itself is really just a giant escort mission um so people that are kind of hung up on you know it, it, it doesn't have a great story i, I don't the last of us had a very basic story, but it was the interactions that you had in the game itself that made the game, um, as valuable as it was. Cause you learned so much about Ellie and Joel, as well as all the peripheral characters that exist in the last of us universe. 
this game, I think, expands upon that. Um, there are definitely some characters I care about more than others, ha- having completed it. Mm-hmm. Some of which I, I, I don't, I don't want to say I don't care about. Um, but when you, I think what Last of Us One did really, really well is that it didn't have a lot of characters, so it really got the time to focus on the characters that really mattered. This one is spread a little bit thinner, where it gets you to focus on. Um, a lot of different perspectives, which is a strength of the game, is that it really tries to reach every corner of the universe that you're in to understand every perspective from every vantage point. And it, I think it does that really, really successfully, to be honest with you. But I, I just feel for me, there were certain character relationships. Nothing really um, rose up to the top of where Joel and Ellie are at, because ultimately that's the 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 that's the storyline, and those are the two characters that you care about most in this universe. Not to say that there aren't good relationships outside of that, but that is obviously the relationship that all of us are more invested in, having spent two games exploring it and understanding it a little bit more. Um, some of my favorite moments in the Last of Us games are in this game. Uh, I think of one in particular that you haven't gotten to yet, Gabby. I don't think. Um, but I absolutely love it. Like it was one of the happiest, most fulfilling slash heartbreaking moments that I've ever seen in a game. Um, okay. And it was just, it's just so, it was beautifully directed. It was a perfect, perfect, like pitch, um, a pitch perfect moment of, of, you know, the, the people that are participating in this particular scene. Um, and it's just so well done. Uh, that's all I can really say about it without spoiling it. But I, I I think a lot of you that have beat the game probably know what I'm referring to. It happens relatively early on, but uh, it's it's amazing. And it's just it's a testament to what Naughty Dog can do with storytelling and the way that they can make you emote and feel things for characters that we've known for as long as we've known them for. Um, outside of that, it... Um, my only criticism of it is I think the pacing is not great. Uh, specifically in the second half of the game, I really struggled with some parts. In fact, I struggled so much that it takes away from me giving the game full marks, despite despite me absolutely loving this game and thinking that it's one of the best games that I've ever played. Um, but the pacing does bother me, and it bothered me enough for me to dog about, a, a, I'd say, about 0.5. I'd give it a 9.5 out of 10, just because I felt that it really did drag on in some points and that it made it kind of tough to, to, to get through certain parts of the game. Um, it's probably about, I'd say, about like, two or three hours too long, and then like pacing in terms of what cutscenes or I can't, I can't explain it without spoiling it. Okay, that's fine. It's that's it's fine. really hard to explain, but we'll talk about it when we we can talk about the game as as a complete piece. But essentially, um, I think that the game could have been sequenced in some areas differently, but as a result of resequencing the game, it may have impacted the way that you felt about certain actions that are taken throughout the course of the game. So do I think that one is better than the other? No, but I, I do still think that from a pacing perspective, the way that the game kind of breaks up into the second half hurts it a little bit, at least in my mind, it hurt it a little bit. Um, despite it still being very, very good. It just wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted to see. Um, for a, for a, a little bit of a stretch of time, which made it really really difficult, um, but then eventually I kind of got through that. But yeah, for me, it's about it's about two or three hours too long. The pacing issues really kind of stick with me. Other than that, game is beautiful. Explores a lot of different themes. Um, I love just sitting down and watching like 
the cutscenes. It felt like I was watching a movie. Some of them were really, really long, and it does feel like you're watching a film. I can't wait to see this game and, and the previous game adapted into a miniseries because I think it just, like, as I'm watching this, I can see where certain episodes might end in the way that they might be able to leave off seasons. Um, but yeah, it's it's everything that I wanted it to be uh, in some unexpected ways and some pretty heartbreaking and, and fulfilling ways, but it's... Uh, it's very, very well done. You need to go out and play The Last of Us if you, if you, sorry, Last of Us Part Two. If you are a Last of Us fan, if you're not a Last of Us fan, go play The Last of Us Part One, and then play Last of Us Part Two. Um, maybe not in order because you'll be very depressed, but uh, yeah. break it up a little bit with something. <laughs> the game is somber. Like it, it's not, it's not a joyful game to play by any stretch. It's, it's tough to get through. Um, mm-hmm. I hear that. But yeah, for sure. but it's, it's very good. That's it. That's all I got. I don't like your thoughts so far. I I have to be really vague because I it will spoil even if I explain what my issues are with the pacing. I understand. That's fine. We can talk about it. I'm 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 dedicated to beating this game. I'll probably beat it within the week or so. Uh, Okay. Well, not this week, obviously, but when I get back. Um. Yeah, my thoughts so far are, I'd say over overall positive. Um, the game, like. Just from I haven't really played I like I know I said I was gonna play the remake of Last of Us One that didn't pan out as well as I wanted it to, um, but uh, the 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 gameplay is phenomenal. It's it's a lot of fun. The combat system and I, I've shared that with you already. I, I shared with you I had a sequence where I was in in the basement of a of a building and met with uh, infested enemies and i i for sure thought i was gonna die and uh brooklyn was watching and we both had this like oh my god moment like it was <laughs> it was really good like i clutched out i clutched out a, a really sweet dodge it, it looked it, the way i describe it is like um you know when you're like breaking the defense and with uh in like in like sports like specifically basketball where you go in between them like i it, it was so i went in between two enemies pulled out a pull out a machete and just slashed slashed myself out and came out on top it was, was it they was, were infected that you slashed up yeah it was infected was it a yeah. clicker it was a clicker yeah it was really yeah. fun i i i honestly had no idea how i didn't die me and brooklyn like after the after i killed them all we're like yeah i, I like I, I don't even know what happened like so like your body just takes over i i somehow pressed l1 in time to to not die in the right time it was it was really good so the gameplay that the, the the combat is really fun. I shared this with you, Mike. What my weapons of choice so far are the axe and the and the pump shotgun. Uh, just feels so good holding them. I, and I just recently upgraded my sniper, so it has a six times scope on it. So that's been pretty fun nice. too. Um, but yeah, like from what I've seen so far, I like I don't want to give full marks. I can't give it full marks yet, but it's the story does seem pretty basic. Um, even like how you were saying Last of Us One story wasn't overall crazy, but the way the the things that like the things that happened in the game are what make it special, memorable right? and special. Yeah, yeah. So when when that incident happened in the like you know I'm talking about in the beginning, like yeah, I was, of course, I I had to stop playing and just I'm like I'm I'm done for the night. I'm gonna collect my thoughts and continue the next day. Um, but. Yeah, like the the whole like the way the the cinematics are like they're very much very much a movie. Um, 
yeah, overall so far pretty good. I I can't wait to go home and play it again and uh, tell you more about what I think. But that's that's where I'm at. I think um, I think it'll be interesting that once they finally do a multiplayer component, because they the game does not have a multiplayer component, right. but they did tease that factions would be coming back in some way, shape, or form. Um, so factions, I think, will be interesting given what we know about uh, the the different um sides or perspectives I'll call them uh or factions um in this game I think if they expand upon the story in the way that they did with like special ops and in Call of Duty I think it would add a lot to the game um but yeah I mean gameplay wise phenomenal crafting the workbench is beautiful anytime that you're upgrading yeah, your weapons I love it looks turning the light absolutely on. <laughs> amazing yeah yeah turning the light on and just the whole animation just cleaning the gun and seeing them actually upgrade the weapon. And, and it's not just one of those things where magically your gun has a scope on it. It's it's something that you add and they disassemble the gun and add the component. It looks awesome. Yeah. I love the silencer that you can use on the uh, on the pistol. It's fucking amazing. I don't know how that wasn't in the first game, but basically oh, right. you yeah, yeah, yeah. throw I, a I, tape and you cut it and that's your fucking silencer. It's amazing. Yeah. I also love the the trip mine. I used that the other day. So good. Yeah. Blew the fucking shit out of people, dude. It was sick. <laughs> Toward the end of the game, I actually had a setup where I uh, there were three entrances where I could be attacked from, and I set three up, and it decimated the people that yeah, walked through them. It's GG, like game over, hundred percent. Yeah. And you can see their bits and stuff like that on the floor. It's very, it's very graphic. It's violent, man. Like, yeah. don't let your kid, kids play this game unless, oh, yeah. they, unless I, you're okay I'm, with explaining I'm playing, it. But... I'm playing it when the girls are asleep. I'm not playing that. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Only Brooklyn's the one watching me play. Um, but just like I wanted to ask you this, actually, it just came back to my mind because it's been something that's been on my mind when I, whenever I'm playing it. I feel like there's a lot of. Um, Resident Evil influence in in The Last of Us game wise, like when you're exploring and stuff, like it it made me want to play like the older like I have the Resident Evil two remake that I played for a little bit. I, I'm gonna probably go back to after I beat Last of Us. Um, obviously not like story wise in terms of like animation and like uh, like storytelling, but like just the way you do things. I don't know. Like I feel like there's a lot of influence from Resident Evil. Yeah, I think for honestly, like I think the two that you can draw the most parallels from, if you take Last of Us One, especially after seeing the way that you can move in Last of Us Two, because the fact that they've added like jump and prone, the fact that when you're you know shot in prone position, you can continue to shoot, like things like that, that just makes sense. Yeah, um, being able to break windows and and collect supplies from inside some cars and go into shops and stuff like that. Like yeah. all of the stuff that makes logical sense that you would be able to do that might've been restricted by the PS3 or whatever, whatever was available at the time, whatever technology was available at the time. This game is common sense. Like it's, it, it just gives you a lot of like, this is naturally how you would move in this kind of environment. If you had tall grass, why wouldn't you go prone if you were trying to avoid a group of enemies? And in the first game, there wasn't any of that. And the reason that I bring that up is because if you play Resident Evil 4, Resident Evil 4 f- felt very much like Last of Us Part 1 in that the movements were very rigid. Um, you felt boxed in. You couldn't even shoot and walk at the same time. Like you had to stop to shoot, which seems like an archaic concept, but mm-hmm. it made the game unique in that way. Yeah. So you feel clunky and and stuck. Uh, and that's not how you want to feel in a game where, you know, there's people that are 
trying to run at you and bite you and kill you uh, in in very horrible ways. Um, but yeah, no, the influence is definitely there. I think that probably more so from Resident Evil Four than any other of the Resident Evils, because once five I, hit, it got a lot more action oriented. So yeah, six- I, I was referring to even more just like, oh, like here's a letter with the with the locker codes of this of this, yeah. Like that aspect of it reminds me a that, lot yeah. of Resident Evil Two, uh, the remake. Like, oh, cool! It's the last four, di- like the codes, the last four digits of Stacy's phone number. Find Stacy's phone number somewhere in this fucking room, type thing. You know what I mean? So, just like that whole puzzly. Like, I don't, I don't remember, I don't recall too much if of that in even the first one. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but there wasn't, there were shivs for doors. So you'd use a shiv to open up a door that was like a locked area, but nothing like looking through the environment for a phone number to find a safe code. Nothing like that, that I remember. Yeah, like, it's just like that kind of stuff. Like I love that stuff. It's, it's almost like it's puzzle, yeah. puzzle aspect to the game, right? Problem yeah. solving. So it's, it's cool. Like I'm, I'm playing it like you, man. Like I'm, I'm stopping at every question mark on the map before I proceed. I'm, I'm, I'm like super thorough. I'm trying to find all the all the fucking comic book cards as I go, yep. you know. So it's it's been fun. It, you get you get a lot because I think another thing, and this will kind of be my last point on it because I I really do think that we need to kind of beat it to be able to talk about it as openly as we want to. But um, one of the things about the Last of Us universe is that the the dialogue, the characters, the actual sequences that you see on screen a lot of the time don't give you much of a sense of what it's like to have lived through outbreak day and the period of time where the disease was getting worse. So it becomes imperative that you read notes that you read, um, journals. I don't know if you've gone through yet, but like I read Ellie's journal every time that there was something added to her journal. I have been. Um, yeah. With the drawings and stuff as well. Right. Yeah. Cause it's super yeah. important. Like you're reading about how she feels throughout the game um even when you when you uh get an opportunity as the game progresses like going back to earlier pages and seeing the consistent themes like those are things that they add to the game they add to the characterization and character growth of ellie but more importantly when you're in areas that you haven't been to before when you also like like pick up notes and stuff like that like there's a scene where you're in a hospital at one point in time and you're reading notes of what it was like to be a first responder on outbreak day, like people that were sent into certain wards of the hospital because, you know, they were sick, but they didn't necessarily exhibit sim- symptoms and they were treating bite marks. And then all of a sudden they needed to section off that part of the hospital. But like mm-hmm. things like that, that really give you a sense of what outbreak day felt like. Mm-hmm. You only get that from codex and from notes and stuff like that. So you have to explore in order to, to, to really understand the universe outside of just the main characters. Luckily, it's optional, because if you don't give a shit about the universe of The Last of Us, then awesome. But if it is something that you're more curious in, I think Naughty Dog does a good job of making it available if you want to learn about it. But also, if you're just wanting to push the story forward for the characters that you're playing as, um, then you can also do that. So it's kind of this nice balance. But I, I, I 100% would recommend reading those things, because... They add context to the environment. You can see why, you know, certain parts of the apartment that you might be in are, are, you know, destroyed and another part seems like it's pristine. If you read a note and it tells you exactly what happened, it almost kind of creates that environment back for you so you can understand what happened um, to the characters that are in there, right? And that's a huge part of this game is being able to understand that everybody in this game has a perspective, had a life, had interests, had goals, had relationships, had heartbreak, had... 
um, you know, success. And, and that's something that, that is thematic of this game is to try to understand how everybody has their own thing. Not mm-hmm. just you as the protagonist. You really have to consider everybody that's participating in this universe. They're, they're people, right? And not a lot of games make you reflect on that. Um, there's It actually brought back a lyric. We're doing a Lupe Fiasco deep dive right now. On a, We're just kind of recording it. It'll be out at some point later this summer. But there's a, a song on um, on Lupe Fiasco's The Cool called Little Weapon. And there's a line by Bishop G, who's a, a featured artist on the song. And, so, and he says something to the effect of... Um, Imagine if I had to con- console the li- the the families or something of, of of players that I've slain on game consoles. I don't know the line; it's not off the top of my head. But it, this game actually makes you think that way. If you think about how much like how much killing we do in games like Call of Duty and online, and like you, you're constantly killing people, but you never really think about that person as a person. They're just a thing. They're an objective, something that you have to do. This game doesn't make you feel that way at all. It really tries mm-hmm. to put every death into perspective, down to when you're killing somebody and it's, you know, they scream out their name when they go down. Um, like they, everybody in this universe has, has a name or has some sort of structure to who they are as a person, which is really, really unique. You don't see, I've never seen another game do that to the extent that the last of us really invests in it. Um, which is really, really interesting and makes it quite unique. So yeah, it's just talking about it kind of gets me like, it's been less than an hour since I beat it, so it's it's still pretty crazy to think about everything that they achieved in the game. But we'll talk about it a lot more once uh, once the three of us have beaten it, or at least you and I, Gabby, we can talk about it a little <laughs> bit more. Yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, like even just talking about it now, I really wish I brought my PlayStation with me. But... <laughs> I told you. <laughs> um, a couple other big things happened this week, though. So I mean, tons of Last of Us coverage. We're going to keep talking about it. Like I said, episode Gabby and I are going to talk, and then we'll have an episode that that spins off from Survive and Endure. So uh, check all that stuff out. Um, other than that, I mean, it was pretty eventful from a gaming standpoint this week. Not as eventful as last week, where we saw the PS5 reveal. But uh, EA Play's conference was on uh, third on Friday which was relatively tame. They showed off Star Wars Squadrons, which looks pretty good. Um, the gameplay looked great. Uh, it looks like it's going to have some great customization options. It looks like it's going to be EA's big game rolling into the fall. Yeah. Um, they announced a release date for it, October 2nd. They announced that it's going to be cross-play compatible. They announced that it's not going to be a full-price game. They also announced that it's going to be entirely playable in VR. Um, so a lot of great features. And EA really during the event talked about crossplay being this thing that they really wanted to start to, to see. I think everybody really has lately is really getting to this idea that, you know, let's share games across platforms so that everybody can participate together. Mm-hmm. So it's great to see EA kind of getting in on that, but uh squadron stuck out. And then obviously a couple of other announcements, nothing really groundbreaking for me. The stuff that I was really hoping for, we didn't get from EA. Yeah. Um, Mass but Effect remake culture. Apparently. Well, apparently, um, Mass Effect is that's a done deal. Like that's coming later this year. It's just a matter of when they announce it. Um, but yeah, Knights of the Old Republic not getting some sort of acknowledgement really hurt. But I know Star Wars Celebration this year there is. I think there's a Knights of the Old Republic panel or, or something about Knights of the Old Republic. So it's possible that we would just make it that news directly from Disney rather than through EA, especially because mm, EA Play is a yeah. small venue. It usually focuses on stuff that's already available or franchises that we already know. It's a good point. 
Yeah. Um, anything from EA Play that really stuck out to you guys? Because for for me, it was it was just a. It was okay. Like it, it really nothing stood out. We we kind of saw Squadron earlier in the week. And yeah, then, um, I think Squadron for me as well. Um, uh, I think the like, yeah. the only thing they didn't announce about Squadron is if there was going to be a PS like a PS Five or Xbox Series X uh, a version of the game. They didn't specify. They didn't, they didn't state. I I, I am, imagine there will be. I'm stoked for Skate. That's more it. so than Tony Hawk. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I'm going to say no. I'm more stoked for Tony Hawk, but Skate is longer on the radar. Like, it's in early development, they said. They didn't even have anything to show off. So, it's different. It's a different style of game. It plays differently. It's, you know, I don't know. But I just really love skateboarding games. So, I'm excited for it. Nice, buddy. We're right. getting a lot of skateboarding games this year, so uh, uh, Project Session or something like that. Skate Skater XL is coming out. We got Skate City at the end of last year. Session. We now have yeah. Sessions. Um, we've got Tony Hawk, obviously, Remastered coming back soon, or a remake, and then we've got Skate. So it's kind of cool to see the resurgence of, of Skate in, uh, in, in everything. I know we talked about it a couple weeks ago or last week, but Skate was Skate 3 holds up really, really well, even, now, actually... even though it's a 10-year-old game. There's actually a game called Session that's on Game Preview and on Xbox. I think you can download it and try it for free. That's the game, yeah. It's, Isn't that uh, what we said? Sessions? Yep. Is it on yeah. Game Preview? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I saw 25 I actually, bucks, I believe. I actually saw Greg playing it. Uh, he it, loves it. Oh, he, he loves, loves it, it, eh? Yeah. Is he it? said to definitely dive into it. You have to pay for it? It's 25 bucks, but you get the full game when it comes out. It's like Steam Early Access, basically. It just but, came out on the 17th. But Sessions has actually been in pre-development for a long-ass time, if I'm not mistaken. Like, I'm pretty sure Session, like, it was announced years ago. But then yeah, Project Session was 2015. Yeah. 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 So, like, that, I mean, you're paying for Early Access for Session, but when is that game due to come out? I don't know. It doesn't have a slated date. Um, it's going to be like from PUBG. What, maybe. But Greg, from what he said, um, Beef, he's been playing it a lot. He's been really enjoying it. So even if it is in beta for 25 bucks, there's really no skate uh, skating game right now that really feels modern. Like Skate 3 is 10 years old. Skate City is an iOS game. Yeah. Tony Hawk is the remake. So there's watch really some, nothing. Watch that, some YouTube videos about it. See how it looks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to. It's got a, it's carrying a nine out of ten on uh, on Steam. Yeah, it's holding up pretty good marks. Oh, we also got a uh, Cyberpunk got delayed this past week, November nineteenth. Now, yeah, like fuck, man. I, oh man, I really want to play that game. It's yeah, it sucks, but there's so much. There's so many games. Are we seeing that on next gen? Did they announce yet? It's going to be, yes, it will be free for next gen, and they are they are doing a version for next gen, but it it's won't like, be until early next year, apparently. Well, they said they said on launch day, it'll the the next gen version of the games will look better than current gen, but it yeah. won't be optimized fully until later later this year, like later in the year. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, 
Um, and then our last thing was, uh, I mean, Last of Us 2 has been pretty prominent in Sony's news cycle, especially with the PS5. But there's something that I think the three of us are really looking forward to, which is Ghost of Tsushima. Mm. Um, and it's it went gold today. It's less than a month away from release. It looks absolutely amazing. I watched gameplay today. I can't wait um, to play that as well. Yeah. Yeah. The fact, wait. The, the fact that Sony is going back to back months in summer, which are not conventionally high profile release months, yeah. and putting out two swan songs essentially for the PS4. Um, I'm ex- I was obviously very excited for The Last of Us, but as The Last of Us was kind of creeping forward, I started to be really, really curious about what Ghost of Tsushima might look like. And I watched some gameplay today and it, it just looks so good. Like, I can't wait to get my hands on it, play it in black and white. Um, yeah, it's it's right around the corner. Like, we're looking at just under four weeks away, uh, or it might actually be a little bit over four weeks away, but I'm stoked. And I know that you guys are too, Shane. It's one of the few games that I think that you've, like a single player game that you were like, man, I really want to get that day one and play it. Yeah, I pre-ordered it, so I'm very excited for it. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very excited for it. Um, but now I'm like, kind of think about getting sessions tonight and playing that. So we'll so see. Then do it, bro. Yeah, pull that maybe, trigger, family. Maybe I will, <laughs> bro. Ah, oh, buddy. Yeah, yeah, I'm we excited. are three weeks away from Tsushima. It is out on uh, July seventeenth, so Ghost this Friday will be three weeks. Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima. Yoshimi. Yeah. You guys remember that song by the Flaming Lips? No. No. Okay. Cool man. That's a great way to end the episode. Yeah. So. That was good. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was. It was busy. Um, obviously, big week. But moving on to next things. Last of Us is done. Uh, we've got. Tons to talk about. We'll do another isolation update next week. Uh, Gabby, enjoy your time at Edmonton. Say Thanks, hi to Connor David. Oh, buddy. Uh, yeah, how about? <laughs> can't wait, eh? Can't wait there, bud. Big news, too. Uh, last last piece of news is that uh, a lot of major sports are, are on their way back now. Uh, on their way back now. So, believe the Raptors have just flown into Florida. Um, they are one of the first teams, if not the first team, to to go to the Disney resorts where they'll be hosting all of the NBA players over the course of the next couple of weeks to wrap up the regular season. Austin Matthews has tested positive for COVID-19, so he is in isolation, <laughs> yeah, um, so which sad. really sucks and is really sad. And hopefully he is healthy and, and in good health, not because he's just a Toronto Maple Leaf, but also because he's just a young person. Who, Stud. Um, yeah, we just... Don't want anybody getting ill, whether they're old or, or or young, but obviously being prominent and important to the city of Toronto, we wish him all the best um, and hopefully a speedy recovery so that he can get back to camp. And MLB, as of about 15 to 20 minutes ago, just announced that they are imposing a season. So everybody is expected to report to camp by July 1st, which is next Wednesday. And uh, the hope is that they can start the season by late to end of July, um, and it'll be a 60-game season with some rule changes, some testing, some expanded playoffs, so it will be a very, very interesting few months. Obviously, there's a very good chance that things will get derailed completely um, since even this week the MLB had to shut down a bunch of their facilities for players and staff testing positive for COVID-19, um, but the hope is that we're able to see some professional sports obviously safely in the next little bit 
Uh, it's been a long wait. It's been almost four months since we've had any professional sports, which is just absolutely insane. So yeah. wild. Wild stuff. Wild child. Uh, um, but that's it. That's everything. Uh, Gabby, again, enjoy Edmonton. We'll see you back here next week, hopefully home and, and, and not living in Edmonton full time. Hopefully you don't enjoy it that much. Yeah, buddy. I don't, I don't count on it. And make, know, make sure you go to that analog brewery. I sent you the video game theme brewery that's there. Yeah, I gotta check out how far these places are from where I am. They're all like down. Everything's open. They're all there, right? in Edmonton. Yeah, I know, but I don't have a car, my friend. Just Uber, my friend. Stuber. Yeah, yeah take a Stuber, Stubert. <laughs> Is everything open there, Gabby? Are they like full? Are they like full? I think they're probably at least in phase two. I would imagine. Okay, Gabby, do me a favor and just. Announce on the podcast what uh, hotel you're staying at, so I can compare the distance for you. So we can sell your Wii U. Sure, I'm at the I'm at the Holiday Inn on Gateway Drive, I think somewhere. You can figure that out. Oh, and I'm now accessing your room. <laughs> this, guy, this guy's playing too much uh, Watchdogs. This guy, yeah. get out of here. Oh no, dude! There's three Holiday Inns on that road. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> What's the deal with Edmonton? I don't know, man. Uh, Dude. Right. Let's wrap are, it up. Let's get it. $92 a night to stay at that hotel? Wow, swanky. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How much yeah. do you love being there right now and not with us? I I wish I was playing The Last of Us right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, dude. Take it easy. Guys, thanks for joining us again. Check us out on all social media at the Slice TO, uh, on Twitter at the Slice TO, on Instagram at the Slice TO, and nowhere else. That's pretty much the two places that we have a presence. So check us out on there. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. And as always, it has been a slice. Bye. Bye.